Welcome back, friends. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93. Time once again for this week's installment of True Crime Tuesday. Stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. This week, we dive into the bizarre story of cult leader and murderer Charles Manson in True Crime Tuesday, episode number 65. Charles Mills Maddox was born November 12, 1934, in Cincinnati, Ohio, when his mother, Kathleen Maddox, was only 15 years old. Manson's father is alleged to have been Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. from Catlettsburg, Kentucky, a mill worker with a reputation for being a con artist. Scott led Kathleen to believe he was an army colonel, although Colonel was simply his God-given name, and he'd never actually served in the military. But after the couple found out they were pregnant, Colonel Scott claimed he'd been called up for duty when, in reality, he simply left, abandoning young Kathleen and their unborn son, never to return. In August 1934, shortly before Charles was born, Kathleen married a man by the name of William Eugene Manson, who worked at a local dry cleaners. When Charles was born, he took his stepfather's name, Manson. Now, Charlie's mother, Kathleen, would often leave her young son to go out on drinking binges with her brother, Luther, leaving Charles in the hands of various babysitters. And by 1937, the couple divorced after what William referred to as Kathleen's gross neglect of duty as a mother. Several years later, in 1939, Kathleen and Luther were arrested for robbery and assault. Kathleen was sentenced to five years in prison and Luther to 10 years. Now, while his mother was in jail, young Charles Manson stayed with his aunt and uncle in West Virginia. And when Kathleen was paroled in 1942, Charles was overjoyed to be once again reunited with his mother. But the happiness was short-lived. After the family moved to Charleston, West Virginia, Kathleen was up to her old habits again, drinking heavily nearly every single night and ignoring her responsibilities as a parent. And young Charles barely attended school. And when he did, he began to lash out. When Charles was just nine years old, he set fire to the school. He also got in trouble for skipping school and stealing. And because of the lack of foster homes at the time, 13-year-old Charles Manson was sent to the Gabalt School for Boys in Indiana, run by Catholic priests. And the school was designed for delinquent boys and was incredibly strict. In fact, even the smallest offenses carried harsh penalties, including beatings with a wooden paddle or a leather strap. And to escape these punishments, a teenage Charles Manson would often escape into the nearby woods, sleeping under bridges and anywhere else he could find shelter. One time, Charles even escaped back to his aunt and uncle's house, but his mother returned him to the school, where he would escape 10 months later and run away to Indianapolis. And that is where Charles committed his first crime. In 1948, Charles robbed a grocery store. At first, it was just an attempt to find something to eat but he found a cigar box with over $100 cash, which he used to buy food and rent a room on Indianapolis's Skid Row. Manson took a job as a courier for Western Union, but often supplemented his income by stealing, which led to his arrest in 1949, when a compassionate judge sent him to the Boys Town Juvenile Facility in Omaha, Nebraska. After arriving at Boys Town, Manson met another young man named Blackie Nelson. The two of them managed to somehow steal a gun and a car, and escaped. The two young men fled and used the gun and car to commit several robberies along the way to Nelson's uncle's house. Nelson's uncle was a professional thief who basically took on the young boys as apprentices. Now, the boys' apprenticeship didn't last very long. Two weeks later, 
they were arrested for breaking into a local store. And during the police investigation, it tied them to several other armed robberies. So the boys were separated, and Charles Manson was sent to yet another strict reform school, the Indiana Boys School. And as if things hadn't been hard enough for adolescent Charles Manson by this point, his time at the Indiana Boys School made things much worse. He was often beaten and raped by other students under the encouragement of one of the school's staff members. During this time, Manson developed a self-defense technique called the insane game, where he would screech and grimace and frantically wave his arms to convince others that he was crazy. And because of the terrible abuse he suffered, Manson tried running away from the school a total of 18 times, until a successful attempt in February 1951, when he escaped with two other students. The three boys robbed several gas stations while trying to flee to California, but they were thwarted and arrested in the state of Utah. Manson was then sent to Washington, D.C.'s National Training School for Boys, where they would eventually discover he was mostly illiterate, but had an above-average IQ of 109. Over the next three years, Manson was moved to three different correctional facilities because of his terrible behavior, including one instance of raping a young boy at knife point. Manson finally landed at a maximum security facility in Ohio, where he was scheduled for release on his 21st birthday. But a stretch of good behavior led to his early release in May 1954, and Manson went to live with his aunt and uncle once again. In January of 1955, at the age of 20, Charles married a hospital waitress named Rosalie Jean Willis. In October of that year, just shy of his 21st birthday, Manson stole a car and drove he and his pregnant wife to Los Angeles, where, once again, he was arrested. This time for the federal crime of driving a stolen vehicle across state lines, but, again, a sympathetic judge sentenced him to five years probation and no prison time. Meanwhile, Manson still had pending charges for stealing a car in the state of Florida, but he never showed up to court, so his probation was revoked and was sentenced to three years in prison at Terminal Island in Los Angeles. While Manson was serving his time, his wife Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr. While Manson was in prison, his wife began seeing another man and stopped visiting as often. And in 1957, her visits stopped altogether, and Manson's mother told him Rosalie had moved on. By September 1958, Manson was granted a five-year parole. That same year, he and Rosalie divorced, but his crime spree continued. The following year, he pled guilty to federal charges for attempting to cash a forged U.S. Treasury check, which he stole from a mailbox, but the charges were eventually dropped. He also engaged in prostitution, pimping out young women, some as young as 16, which he received a 10-year suspended prison sentence. One of Manson's prostitutes, a woman named Leona, offered a tearful plea to the court, suggesting she and Charles were deeply in love and that they planned to get married if Charles was set free. And before the end of 1959, the two were married. And shortly after, while Charles was out on parole, he relocated to New Mexico with Leona and another woman to engage in prostitution. Less than a year later, a bench warrant was issued for Manson from fleeing the state and was also indicted for violating the Mann Act, an early human trafficking law for transporting women across state lines for the sole purpose of prostitution. Charles Manson was again arrested, this time in Laredo, Texas, and sentenced to 10 years in prison. In July 1961, he was transferred from the L.A. County Jail to the U.S. Federal Penitentiary at McNeil Island in Washington. There, he received guitar lessons from the Barker Carpus gang leader Alvin Creepy Carpus, and met a young Danny Trejo, who would go on to have a successful acting career. 
Now, while still in prison in 1963, Manson divorced his second wife, Leona. During the divorce, Leona claimed she and Charles had a son together, Charles Luther, although this was never confirmed. And in June 1966, Charles Manson was again sent to Terminal Island in Los Angeles as he prepared himself for early release. Now, by the time he was finally released on March 21, 1967 at the age of 32, he had spent over half his life in prison or another correctional facility, mostly because he had broken several federal laws, which carry more severe sentences than committing the same crimes on a state or local level, and he was often released because he was mostly a nonviolent offender. Less than a month after his release from prison in Los Angeles, Charles Manson headed to the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco, where he was under the supervision of criminology doctoral researcher and federal probation officer Roger Smith. Now, until 1968, Smith worked at the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic, where they experimented on subjects to study the effects of illicit drugs like LSD and methamphetamines. Charles and several of his companions participated in the studies and often visited Roger Smith at the clinic, becoming regular LSD users recreationally. While taking copious amounts of mind-altering drugs, Manson became obsessed with the science fiction novel Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert A. Heinlein and was inspired by the free love philosophy that was blossoming in Southern California during the late 1960s. Manson began then to preach his own philosophy, a combination of the Stranger in a Strange Land, the Bible, Scientology, the writings of Dale Carnegie, and the music of the Beatles, and he quickly began to build quite a following drawing large crowds of people who came to listen to him speak on the campus of UC Berkeley. Incredibly smart, charismatic, and persuasive, Manson began to cultivate a group of dedicated followers who would do almost anything for him, including murder. But we'll get into that next week during our installment of True Crime Tuesday when we continue the story of Charles Manson in True Crime Tuesday episode number 66. We'll see you then.